Well, hey everybody, welcome to Time and Attention, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better, more intentional human being. I'm the host of the show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 78, Taking Breaks. I love this. It's also something I haven't, or historically, I guess, haven't spent a lot of time thinking about. Breaks. Yeah. But then I just reread I Know How She Does It by Laura Vanderkam, and she talked about how if you don't intentionally take breaks, you just kind of accidentally take really bad breaks. And so it's something I'm consciously thinking about a lot more lately. Your mind takes them for you. Yeah. You'll find yourself just browsing on some internet website or... I feel like I've sounded a hundred years old there, but you'll just find Some yourself- Some internet website. <laughs> you'll just find yourself kind of mindlessly surfing the internet. Yeah. Or, or wasting your time on your phone yeah. because you need a break. That's my old fella voice. Uh, that, that's what I'll sound like when I'm older. That sounded like a horse name. There's it. <laughs> I, I think there's kind of two levels of breaks, right? There's the, the ones throughout the day and there's the ones- in general, the vacations, the sabbaticals, yeah. uh, that sort of thing. We're, we're talking about the ones on a day-to-day basis. And we, we kind of centered this episode around one question, which is what is the optimal amount of breaks to take uh, for how much, uh, you know, all optimizing how much energy you have, optimizing uh, how many uh, of your intentions you're able to follow through on every day. What is the optimal level of breaks? And this is something you've thought about before. I mean, you wrote an article about this a couple of years ago. Apparently, I just completely forgot about it after <laughs> you okay. wrote it. Because I, I, I remembered when I reopened it, I'm like, oh, I've definitely read this. Yeah. But I guess it just at the moment, it didn't resonate with oh, how I was working. What are you trying to say? It just didn't. I mean, in 20, <laughs> when you wrote this in 2016, I was in the middle of my first year of my PhD or just about to wow. start my PhD. So I was... Breaks were kind of not up to me. So the My article schedule worked. Was more struck. The article worked though, because you've been doing this since, and you got the PhD. Almost, I'm no, not done. Okay. <laughs> I'm submitting it this week. Woohoo! Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting because uh, there's been a lot of research that's been conducted around how our energy rhythms fluctuate throughout the day. Yeah. Uh, and it actually starts with sleep. It's kind of sleep that pulls us into the day with an energy cadence and an energy rhythm. Uh, you know, people may be familiar with the 90-minute cycles that we sleep in, sleep cycles. Uh, so they last for about about 90 minutes, give or take uh, some time based on your own biology. And again, this is the thing with uh, anything that we talk about on the podcast, take what works for you and leave the rest. But we alternate between periods of light, uh, deep, and REM sleep uh, all throughout the day. Uh, And we have a similar rhythm after we wake up too, where our bodies also alternate in these 90-minute rhythms of uh, 90 minutes of wakefulness punctuated by 20 to 30 minutes of sleepiness. Uh, So our energy fluctuates in the same rhythms. By the afternoon, it does tend to stabilize, especially uh, after we eat a lunch, a big lunch, and after the caffeine that we consume in the morning begins to wane a little bit. Uh, then we find that our rhythms are carried by these uh, externalities that we encounter throughout the day. How do you like that? An econ, or economies, as uh, <laughs> a friend of the show, John List, would say, episode number 69. Nice. 
Yeah, n- nice episode, number, number 69. Uh, so our, reth- our rhythms begin to be taken away by, uh, by our habits throughout the day. But in the morning, our energy fluctuates in these 90-minute rhythms, and that affects how much energy we have as well as the energy rhythms that we can take, but we can accommodate that too. So does that start immediately after you wake up? Yeah. So there's 90 minutes the minute you wake up. I don't, I actually don't know. And Hmm. I I don't recall the research being clear with that, but they did mention these 90 minute cycles. I mean, that would be super consistent when, with when I used to try to get up and immediately start working. Mm. I haven't been doing that as much lately. I'm taking a more of a relaxed morning and I like that a lot better, but the getting up and writing immediately, I would be able to get basically two focus mates in, which is like two hours of focus time. Yeah, And then I would find I needed to take a break and I'd start getting really restless. So that would totally make sense. That'd be yeah. really consistent with I would just get through those two hours and then be ready for a break. It's kind of remarkable how many... Uh, so I'm in a, a couple of author circles because it's a weird industry and it's important for us uh, authors who have this weird career path to share information because it's such an opaque industry. And you have no colleagues, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're an author, you, you don't have people that you see every day. There's there's zero colleagues. Very it's just, lonely. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's it seems nice. lonely. Nah. I mean, I'm an academic and I, I think that's <laughs> like the epitome of an industry where not super social. No. Um, and so, I yeah. look at your work and think you have no colleagues that you interact with on a day to day, but you've built them, right? Like you've built yeah. these networks. You've built a really network cool. of colleagues. And it's remarkable in these groups how many of them say that they do their best writing in the morning, like yeah. right after they wake up. That's a thing in research too. A lot of yeah. academics say the same thing. And th- there's actually research to that effect where our mind is less inhibited when, when we first wake up. Uh, our mind's prefrontal cortex, the logical center of our brain, the the research shows it's less inhibited the first thing in the morning. And this happens when we drink alcohol too. And Mm -hmm. when we're a bit sleepy, uh, we actually do better creative work when we're sleepier. Uh, And we come up with more creative ideas after a drink or two, but our mind actually wanders more Mm. when we've had a drink or two, which makes us less cognizant of what's on our mind. Mm. And so it kind of counterbalances that creativity effect. But if you have, you know, one drink or two, uh, again, you know, adjust to to the advice that works for you. Um, Make sure to check up on what's on your mind more often because it will wander, but it might wander to some creative places. And that time after you uh, work that 90 minute chunk or so, uh, the 20 to 30 minutes after that, these natural energy rhythms that we all have, that's a time for creativity too. That's a time to step back. That's a time to take a break. But it's kind of fascinating how when we work in accordance with our biology. We, we've talked about uh, biological prime time before, working around when we have the most energy. Uh, it, it's a super, super powerful technique because it's something we don't often account for when we have the latitude of flexibility with our, uh, with our work throughout the day. Oh yeah. I'm so obsessed with this idea of biological prime times right now. And I think yeah. I'm really, really leaning into it. And it's been awesome for as I finish my dissertation because I'm finding, so I, I used to think I was a super productive morning person, but I actually think I'm much better if I kind of ease into the day. And I know there is this idea that people love hitting the ground running. And I find that if I just take an hour and a half, roughly, I guess that would be that kind of 90 minute yeah. cycle after I wake up just to have my tea, read a little bit of a book or something and kind of ease into the day, maybe go for a walk or something. Uh, and then I dig into work. So around 930 after I've kind of 
fussed around in the morning and did a little puttered. reading. Puttered. Yeah. <laughs> puttered seems like the right word. Yeah. But if I, and then I start my day kind of around 930, get about three hours of good time in and then do a workout. And then the evening around like three to 9 PM has been mm. when I've been doing some really awesome writing and like analysis. So this idea that you're more productive or more creative when you're a little more sleepy has been really resonating with me mm. where towards the very beginning of the day and the kind of end of the day, that's when I'm finding myself very, very capable at writing and really thinking through kind of harder problems. I'm liking this a lot. The midday workout is mm. my, my uh, new love. What's the opposite of kryptonite? A keystone habit. Oh, Nice. Maybe. Nice. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Episode so. number seven, discovering your biological prime time. Uh, when our energy is the highest, we're the most productive. When our energy is the lowest, we are the most creative. Something to, to keep in mind there. But these 90-minute rhythms, um, there, there's a fascinating study that was conducted around, I think, 20, oh, it was about 10 or 15 years ago that the first uh, study was conducted by a company called Desk time. And they analyze uh, people as they work and they look at the most productive users that they have, the, the users that have the most output uh, overall. And they found that in 2021, uh, so they, they conducted this study twice. And interestingly, uh, each time people that, who are the most productive, they took a break for around 20 to 25% of their day. And it seems like a lot of time, but like you were saying, our mind takes a break for us. And it, even though we feel guilty when we take a break, it's not as if we're not thinking about the problems we're in the middle of. It's not as if we're not really working and that there's remnants of what we were just doing in our, in our mind during that time. Uh, but they found in 2021 that uh, the 10% most productive users that they had, they worked for an average of 112 minutes before taking a break for an average of 26 minutes, which mm -hmm. equals 19% of the time that they're on break throughout the day. Uh, and back in 2014, when the company uh, first conducted that same study, they found that the, the, the most productive users took a break for 17 minutes for every 52 minutes that they work. Pretty tough to digest, especially probably listening to those numbers on a podcast, but uh, that's 25% of the day that they broke as well. So somewhere between 20 to 25% of the day is how long the most productive people that they surveyed uh, break for. And of course, we have to adjust for how uh, naturally motivating we find our work. So if we don't find our work all that motivating and we have to kind of struggle to focus on things, we're going to expend more mental energy and we're going to need breaks because of that. Uh, versus if you're naturally driven and engaged with what you do, you probably won't need to break as often. But the interesting connection there is that rhythm the 20, 30, or 30 minutes of sleepiness for every 90 minutes of wakefulness that we experience as we sleep, that we experience all morning, that levels off in the afternoon as it's uh, impacted by external factors, uh, 20 minutes is 18% of the day, and 30 minutes is 25% of the day. And so I think that's the key number to optimize for, is between you know 20, 25% of the day, and the Pomodoro Technique it follows a very similar rhythm. So I calculated that out before we recorded the podcast too. Uh, so that rhythm is 25 minutes of work, then five minutes off, you repeat that three times. And on the fourth and final Pompadour, you break for another 15 minutes. And when you add it all up and you sum it all up and you 
figure out the fractions. That's 25% of your total time uh, that you're on a break. And that idea channels your focus as well. So uh, we'll link to these ideas in the show notes, to uh, especially to that article uh, that you mentioned that inspired your PhD, you could say, and uh, <laughs> drove you through. No, I'm just kidding. But um, 20 to 25% of the day, um, there you go. There you have it. That's how long you should break for. Yeah. And I mean, I don't use the Pomodoro method at all. I know this is something you've, you've played with. A little. I've tried it. Yeah, but, what do you what what are your thoughts on the Pomodoro technique? I don't do anything that you can get out the door with only 25 minutes of focus. Yeah. I think that's my problem where 25 minutes if you're working on a coding problem or really trying to get writing, I feel like once you've hit the ground running after 25 minutes you're really only getting into a rhythm. You're just getting started. So I find I find Pomodoro more distracting than helpful. Oh. Um but I like focus mate because it it kind of uses the same amount of time. I mean, you use 50 minutes of focus time, I guess, when you're doing these sessions with people, and then you spend 10 minutes on a break before the next session. It has that 10-minute break built into its calendar. Yeah. So if you sign up for a focus mate every hour, you get a built-in 10-minute break after everything. And it's a perfect amount of time. gives you a little bit of time to stretch or uh, stretch your legs, go get a new tea, get some water. Hmm walk around, just get away from your computer for a couple seconds or whatever yeah. you're working on. Yeah. And it's, it builds in that 10 minute break, which I really like. So I like focus mate because I think 50 minutes is the right amount of time. Oh, for you me should to... explain what it is in case people oh, yeah. are just getting uh, yeah, into course. the pod on, on this. Uh, I, I think we mention focus mate so often mm-hmm. that maybe we don't need a refresher, but like we need a quick line probably. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Actually, being on Focusmate, I've I have met with people who you're so Focusmate to step back is yeah. a website where you sign up at, to kind of have sessions with people and they're either 25 minutes or 50 minutes long and they start at every quarter of the hour where you are matched with somebody else who wants to spend that hour focusing on something. Yeah. I usually do 50 minute time time slots unless I have like a time crunch if I have a calendar event or a meeting or something that I can only do 25. Typically I do 50. They have 25 minutes. They do have 25 minutes oh, now. Um, and that's perfectly timed with Pomodoro where it's 25 yeah. minutes, 5 minute break and then you start, you can have another session at the end of that half hour. Um but the nice thing about this so at the beginning of the session the person you're paired with, you're on video and you kind of set your intentions for that session so you say this session I want to accomplish this this and this good good form on focus mate you usually put it in the chat and you kind of update it as you go yeah um and and most people mute so you don't you're not talking to this person or interacting with them throughout the hour you're basically you set your intentions with that person at the beginning and at the end you check in and then you're done so you don't talk to this person a lot but it feels like you're connected to somebody and mm-hmm. i like that so focus mate is I, i've been i use it pretty much all the time every single day i i, I use it when i work and i i love it um so all that to say, if you use Focusmate, it is a really good way to build breaks into your day because it already has that in in the calendar where yeah. if you sign up for a session every single hour, you already get a 10-minute break between sessions. And if you set an extra 15 minutes between your events, you end up with that perfectly nice 25-minute kind of break between sessions, which I like. So I usually do a few in a row and then I'll have a more a longer break after two or three sessions. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Which is completely consistent with what to, we're talking about here. Twenty to twenty-five percent of the day. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I've just kind of fallen into this rhythm, having forgotten that you'd written something about this. <laughs> well, it's yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of information on that that internet. Yeah, but all that to say, yeah. I think having been more thoughtful about how I structure my days, 
I found myself falling into this natural rhythm where I work for about 50 minutes, take a 10 minute break, work for 50 minutes, take a 10 minute break and do that for several hours. And then I'll take a longer break where I do something physical or go for a run or go for a bike ride or something and then get back to work for uh, the afternoon where I don't need these bigger, longer breaks. And I think that the key is to do something totally unrelated to your work during that time, mm-hmm. uh, during, during that break time. There, there's a, a study that was conducted by the American Psychological Association uh, where they looked at what actually allows us to lower or our cortisol levels when we do take a break, uh, cortisol being the one of the main stress hormones in our body uh, that our body releases. It, it's a kind of a steroid in, in response to, to stressful situations. And they found that exercising is number one on that list. So whatever yeah. you can do to move, uh, especially during the... And don't feel guilty about taking breaks because remember that fact that your mind will take them for you. Yeah. And so you might as well actually control your break and guide it to actually be more beneficial because it will uh, save you more more time overall. And maybe don't exceed that 25% of the day mark or, or try not to because that seems to be the upper bound of, uh, of um, productivity uh, that kind of optimizes for how much we uh, create over the course of the day. Uh, again, do calibrate if you find that your work is more creative. You might find breaks are quite beneficial, especially uh, when you get into a state of mind wandering during that time. But exercise and sports, number one on that list of things that uh, re- release uh, or lower cortisol levels. Uh, there's eight others. Meditation, which we talk a lot about on the podcast. Reading, you know, especially a physical book where you look away from a screen for a little bit. Uh, listening to music, which I like doing all day as I work. Oof, um, not me. Yeah. <laughs> and we're very different in that way. It's good we don't share an office. Uh, going going on a nature walk, spending time with friends. If you have kind of a lunch break or, you know, we can, we, we sometimes go on a walk yeah. in the middle of the day, which is nice. Uh, getting a massage is on their list. I don't know if you could fit that into your day. That'd be kind of nice. Uh, investing time. Is it a business expense? Because we talked about it on the podcast. Getting a massage. Yeah. I don't think CRA okay. is going to allow that. <laughs> All right. We can point them to this podcast, though, if we ever need to. No, okay. I won't expense the massages. Uh, investing time in creative hobbies. That's why we uh, both keep an instrument in our office. And uh, the final one on the list is praying or attending a religious service. So if there's, I guess, a lunchtime uh, church service near you, you want to blow up some stress. Or afternoon prayer, right? That is part yeah. of that. That is built into a quite a lot of few religions. So, oh, that's true. Yeah. That's, so that's I mean, true. that is actually yeah. something that uh, lots of people around the world build into their day, and I yeah. think that's kind of speaks to how kind of ingrained this is in in, in people's biology, which I think is lovely. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think being intentional about the breaks you take prevents you from taking bad breaks. One thing you will find mm. very quickly if you do ever kind of invest in time tracking or, or be, be more thoughtful about how you spend your work day, people say they work eight hours a day, but oh. you are almost certainly not working no. that whole eight hours, right? It, no one sits at their desk at 9 a.m. and doesn't do anything but work until 5 p.m. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. And if you start tracking your time, you'll notice that they're, you're going to be taking breaks. I mean, the, I think a couple episodes ago, we talked about the timular, which if you do start using it habitually, you'll notice that there are a lot of periods in your in your day where you're not really focusing on anything work-related, right? And, and that's fine. That's totally fine. But you're going to find you're taking breaks whether or not you're intending to. 
if you do time tracking. And so, and if you're not doing time tracking, I'm just telling you, this is probably part of your day and you might not be realizing it. Mm. And if you take more intentional breaks, like really thoughtfully choose how you're going to take breaks, I find I feel more satisfied with how I spent my day. Yeah. If I'm, if I don't just kind of putter on the internet, find myself shopping for something I don't need or yeah. going on Twitter when I'm not intending to, I find that thinking about how I spend my breaks where I'm, I'm going to go make a tea or I'm going to spend 10 minutes meditating between my focus mates, or maybe I'm going to go for a walk on an extended break yeah. makes my day a lot more satisfying. Even though I'm putting in the same amount of time, I just feel like I got more out of my day. Not, not that I got more done. I mean, it's probably the same whether I'm not taking these bad breaks or good breaks, but I'm actually, that's probably not true. I think I get more done on the days where I have good breaks, yeah. but it just to say like, you can do the same amount in that same amount of time, but if you have a more thoughtful set of breaks, you might get a little more accomplished or be happier with what you've done or how you spent that time. So I think there's, that's the nice thing about like focus mate. It prevents bad breaks where mm. you, you're, you, you know, you only have 20 more minutes in your session. So you just kind of power through rather than yeah. fiddling away on Twitter. And that speaks to the power of intentionality too. Oh you, yeah. Uh, make a deliberate decision how to spend that time. We, we talked about that uh, way back in episode number 74, mm-hmm. ju- just a few short episodes ago, uh, when when we don't work or act w- with intentionality behind what we do, uh, guilt and doubt and worry kind of come flooding into our, our time. So if you feel guilt with how you spent a day, maybe you spent it nicely. Maybe you spent mm-hmm. it productively. Maybe you created the things that you were proud of. But if you do have that tension with how you've spent your time, that could be because a lack of intention with how you're spending your time. Uh, you know, when we work without intention, um, guilt and doubt and worry, they come flooding in to fill the vacuum that the lack of intentionality leaves. Uh, you know, guilt being this tension with how we've spent our time in the past, doubt being uh, just this tension with the, the present, and worry being this tension that comes from the future with how things are are going to go, uh, intentionality doesn't really create any room for those things to to flourish because it it, uh, it it's that predecision, and we know in the moment that however we're spending our time, our attention, we're, our energy, that's exactly where we need to be. And that feeling of of uh, you know working on something and having the confidence that that is where we need to be. That's what intentionality yeah. can bring to you. And a good break could actually help you reflect on that. Uh, that mind-wandering time, our mind wanders to the future about half of the time, uh, 48% of the time. It's our mind's prospective bias, the, the researchers refer to it as. And our mind just naturally wanders to the future. We actually think about our, our goals and our plans 14 times as often when our mind is wandering versus when we're focused. And it makes total sense. Why would we be thinking about the future when we're focused on something in the present? But we need that that space to have that clarity for the future and that intentionality uh, mm-hmm. for the present and the future as well. So breaks, uh, there's more to it than meets the eye, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I, I love this. And I think... I know we kind of listed off these nine break options or yeah, activities yeah, yeah. that help reduce cortisol. But I, I mean, there is really something to that, right? I think the job market this year was one of the most stressful periods of my entire life, I think. Um, there's not, That's not even an exaggeration. And But there were days where I had interview, interview, interview. And so I'm spending all these days with these in, incredibly stressful interviews and then I have these weird half hour breaks and I made such a point of going for a walk pretty much every single time I had a break mm. or doing a little bit of yoga or meditating. 
And man, I think that was such a game changer during the interviews because it just meant that by the time I got to my next interview, I'd been able to kind of reset. My mind was in a good place and it was just so much help, more helpful. And so I think it, everybody knows, yeah, it's good to go for a walk or it's good to it's good to read or whatever, get your head off whatever you're working. But I do think there's something to that. Like people people know this is true because there is there's merit there, right? And so if you're finding you're just at your desk and you're going to go on Twitter or read the news for 20 minutes, maybe go for a walk. Yeah. Find your colleague and go for a walk. And it is, you're, you're totally right. It's kind of that brand of advice that sounds good. Like when you hear it, you think, oh yeah, that should definitely work. But when you actually do it, mm-hmm. you realize that, you know, it, it's it's kind of like behind every cliche, there's like that kernel of truth yeah. that is profound enough that makes people repeat the cliches. Like, yeah. oh, eat your vegetables. But you feel amazing when you eat vegetables. Yeah. Uh, it's the same with taking breaks. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Nice. Take intentional breaks. Intentional breaks. Um, 20 to 25% of the day. Remember that about 90 minute rhythm, if you do track your sleep and you find that the length of a sleep cycle is longer or shorter than that 90 minutes, you can calibrate your day to keep that ratio of 90 or more, give or take some time to 20 to 30 minutes and accommodate that as you work and really notice these rhythms. It's really fun to reflect on uh, the energy rhythms throughout the day um, and uh, work around that. So encourage you to do so. Enjoy. Good stuff. So that wraps up another episode, Art. 78. 78. We, we should do something for 100 yeah, I guess almost, almost a year away with a with a bi-weekly yeah. podcast. <laughs> it's a week. It's a year away almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming to another one, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, hope you have a wonderful day. We'll see you in a couple Tuesdays. Bye.